surprise. <laughs> Once upon a time, a few basketball crazy individuals from UP Diliman decided to come together and one day decided that it was time to share their thoughts, their stories, their conversations, their topics, the rest of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Javi Palanya. I'm with Luis Boat, Juanito Gregorio, and Mix Peralta. We are the voice of the sixth man from the fifth stand. This is Standing Room Only PH. And uh, last ep- last uh, week, we were with uh, Jack and Imam and Agatha Wong. But uh, actually, we've been live the past two days for uh, our matinees for the NBA Finals. But uh, Mix, care to uh, just share to our viewers what happened in uh, last week's episode. Right. So last week, we focused all about uh, women's sports, specifically on two outstanding female athletes from the Philippines, Jap Animong for women's basketball and Agatha Wong for Wushu. So basically, they talked about their personal uh, sports journeys, how they got to where they are right now, and how important really is representing not just the country, but the women in our country and how they can be empowered to not just participate in Uh, activities that are brought out by society, but in sports as well. So especially, you know, their stories really inspired all of us to go beyond the stereotypes of what's for boys and what's for girls and everything is really for everyone. All right. Thanks for that, Migs. And um, actually, our episode today is entitled Roots. And Juanito, uh, please do introduce our very 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 special guest that we have for today's episode thanks have so I, i i really am glad and honored to have these three guys with us today so first i want to introduce one of the new guys in oh, the country on lag, so <laughs> sorry i am go for and i yeah, go for it, go for it, go oh sorry, sorry 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 uh, yeah i'm I, i am honored and uh, the first guy is um from from wake forest and the national university played one and done and now One of the uh, bright young guys in the in the chokes to go three x three. Um, we welcome Troy Reich. Uh, hi, Troy. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Sure, for sure. The next guy, of course, a uh, very first known in the country as the cool cat, played for Lasalle and then played in the PBA for a lot of years. Uh, all the way, he's now in LA. Yeah, we welcome Mike for this. <laughs> Good evening, Kat. Good morning to you guys from the West. <laughs> Good morning from the States. <laughs> And last but not the least, definitely the captain, uh, very much known as one of the, bre- uh, the mainstays in the Gilas team, played in the country uh, for a lot of times, and definitely one of the future legends in Philippine basketball, Gabe Norwood. Hi, Gabe. Hey, guys. Uh, good evening from the bubble. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, and we have all our guests introduced. We're really going to have a, a heck of an episode for sure with all these guests. Luis, uh, take it away for the topic introduction, man. All right. Thank you, Avi. So as mentioned, uh, the episode is called Roots. So basically, our three guests, well, generally, actually, in the Philippines, it is a very basketball country. And there are always young kids who dream of making it abroad, playing in the NBA, making it to Division One. But the three of our guests actually had a different path. They already started their careers in the States, but found their way back home and ended up here in the Philippines and launched their careers here. So my question would be, did it have a factor when you were in the States that basketball became your first sport? 
being a Filipino and knowing that the Philippines is a basketball country, did it have a direct effect with your choice to play basketball? I'd like to ask Troy first. Um, I mean, I think it definitely had an impact, you know, growing up, like I wasn't in the Philippines, obviously, but Filipino was, you know, being Filipino was still a big part of my culture. Those were a lot of the people I hung around. That's obviously my family. And, you know, seeing the Lakers in the finals now, I remember how excited everyone was for the Lakers back when I was a kid, when they were, you know, more Shaq and Kobe days. So basketball was always present in my life. And thinking back, I mean, I had a ball in my hands before I could even remember. So I can't really speak for why my parents decided to, you know, give it to me and, and enroll in those leagues and everything. But uh, I have to imagine that, you know, that Filipino influence definitely had a big part to play in that. All right. I'd like. Oh, thank you, thank you, Troy. I'd like to throw it to the cool cat. How about you? What was the question? Sorry. Um, did being a Filipino have a direct effect with you being in the states and choosing to learn and play basketball? Um, I guess me growing up, my uncles, all they wanted, and cousins, all they wanted to do was play basketball. And um, in my city in Carson, it's, there's such a big Filipino community and there's always Philippine leagues going on, Filipino leagues going on. <clears throat> so that's pretty much where I grew up and honed my skills. And then eventually playing with the, playing with the other races and stuff when you go to the parks and, and you start to get better and your skills get better. Um, but I would say, you know, being Filipino out here in L.A. and Carson, I mean, we have a big community. We have our own Jollibee. We have Seafood Ranch Market, you know. Um, but I always remember waking, when my uncle was bringing me to the parks, like on the weekends when they don't have work, early, early in the morning, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, you have maybe 10, 20 Filipino guys playing on the outside courts. And me being that young guy and and seeing my uncles, you know, talk to each other, talk about how their day's been, how the week's been, you know, just having their own little community, just a way to get away from everything. And, and I didn't know anything outside of that. So um, back in my time, you know, in the late nineties, we didn't have the internet as, as, as like we do now. So I had no idea what the PBA is going on or what's going on in the, in the Philippines at the time. All right. So to Mike's point, a lot of people in the world know that Filipinos are everywhere. And it's great to hear now, from yeah. you that even in the courts in L.A. or maybe even in Venice Beach, the Filipino community is very strong. So now I'd like to ask Gabe, how about you? Yeah, yeah for me, um, my, my Filipino side all migrated to, to Hawaii. And I left Hawaii when I was five years old. My dad coaches college football, uh, American football in the States. So we were on the move all the time um, in, in some cities that didn't have big Filipino communities. So basketball for me was really just my icebreaker. Uh, it was my way of making friends. It was my way of, you know what I mean? Kind of being involved in, in whatever city I was in. So I don't know if it was completely race. I think it was just growing up around sports in general. Uh, very seasonal. I played everything. I played basketball. I played football. I played soccer. I played baseball. And it was kind of just... You know, I, I think me and Mike are probably closer to the, the spectrum of, of generations where it was all just, you know, go outside, play, get dirty and, you know, kind of let your parents, you know, take care of business. But, um, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was completely race. Um, when I got my sophomore year of high school, I was actually in Lubbock, Texas, in West Texas. And that's where I really got reconnected with uh, the, the Filipino community there. Um, saw my first, I remember vividly, saw my first San Miguel. It was either Danny I or Danny S, uh, Danny Siegel jersey. And went to open runs and, and with the Filipino community and, you know, two, three zone and just shoot a lot of jumpers. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Amazing. Amazing to know that. Dave, uh, before we move on, we just, uh, I'm sure the fans out there, they also want to watch our, our, our viewers. They want to find out how's life in the PBA bubble right now. I mean, it's going as good as it can go. Um, you know, I think the, the PBA did a good job of, you know, just in terms of putting protocols in place to try to make sure we're safe, um, you know, giving enough time for guys to get here who might have been traveling from the States or, you know, going through whatever, you know, family situation and, and personal things. But, you know, for, for rain or shine, we're getting geared up. We start on Tuesday. Um, you know, there's been some good games on today so far. So hopefully that keeps it keeps going. Guys can stay healthy and we can kind of smoothly go through this. Good luck, man. Appreciate it, Mike. Love, 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 love. Stay healthy. Stay thanks, healthy. thanks, thanks. Sounds folks. good. Sounds good. So I guess we can move uh, forward into one of our first questions. My first main questions for this evening is really what was the deciding factor for each and every one of you guys to choose to go back home to the Philippines for your next basketball journey or the next chapter of your basketball journey? So I guess we can start with you, Mike. Like, how was the recruitment process for LaSalle and how did they how did they get you back here in the Philippines? Um, okay, so my, I think it was my sophomore, no, my junior year in high school, um, Don Yado's dad, they have a they had a little group out here, um, of former, um, uh, LaSalle alumni, and that was with, like, Mike Gonzalez, Don Yado's dad, Tito Loy, um, Chiki Reyes, um, a couple other guys, and, they would come and watch my games in high school. Um, LA to Carson is maybe a 20 minute drive and they would come to watch my games at high school. And they would talk to me after the games and you know tell me about Philippines all the time, about going to LaSalle, going to Ateneo, going to UP. And of course, for me, I had, I had no idea what was going on. You know what I mean? Because we didn't really have the internet back then. And I couldn't really research about it. Um, talking to my uncles, you know, they're like, yeah, just go. Yeah. And for me, I was, and, and when I talked to my mom about it, she was just like, you know, it's too far. Um, why don't you just try your luck first year? And so um, senior year comes around and they, you know, they kept coming, they kept calling me and talking to me and telling me, you know, it's always an option for me. And out of high school, I decided to stay close to home and go to division two at Cal State LA. And I played one year there and I just figured, you know, I don't think my future is very bright you know, playing against these guys, you know, it's just the competition is very stiff. And we had a couple of senior guards ahead of me. And I, I mean, a couple of uh, um, junior guards ahead of me. And I knew I would probably ride the bench the, the next the following year. So um, I called Tito Loy and asked him if, you know, if the option to come in the Philippines is still there. And next thing you know, we're, we're um, in Franklin High School doing a couple of video highlight videos and he sent them out. Next thing I know, I'm in. A, I'm on a plane. Wow. The, the key takeaway I <laughs> got there was you were considering Ateneo, and if you went to Ateneo <laughs> that time, 
Oh, you would have made my life a whole lot better. <laughs> Dude, he was also considering to go to UP, man. Uh, I'm sure the whole SRO. The, the what ifs. The what ifs are starting. <laughs> the what ifs. I got sad. I got sad. You didn't go to UP. I got sad. And it, was, and it wasn't like I could go on the internet and search like, okay, who's at UP or who's at Ateneo or who, you know, how are they doing? How's their season going? I couldn't yeah. do any of that. So... I was just going by word of mouth. And the first campus I went to was LaSalle and I was just able to talk to the team and we had maybe six or seven fill-ins. So I, was, I felt good already. And, um, but at first I think LaSalle, they, they didn't want to, they didn't want to do the one year residency. And so um, I, the, the story is, Tito Loy brought my tape to Ateneo and Ateneo was like, okay, we'll take them. But as soon as LaSalle found that out, they're like, no, 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 we had him first. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the story. I don't know. I, I, can, I can't confirm it, but. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Troy? So I guess for, for Mike, you didn't really have much uh, information about the different schools here in the Philippines since there's, there's the internet wasn't really there yet. But for you, I think you had ample you know, highlights from YouTube and whatnot to find all about the UAP. So can you give us an insight on how you went in NU? Yeah, I mean, just quickly, uh, you it's a long journey, so I'll try to keep it as short as I can. But quickly, you touched on the internet. That's like how I got discovered. We, I was playing for my high school team, and like we were one of the better teams in California. And we lost to a high school team from Daly City, California, which I'm not sure if any of you guys have heard of, but a huge Filipino population. The team that beat us was literally, I think, all Filipinos. Uh, so it made like the websites and everything, and everyone was, like was cheering so hard. And but one person commented, "Hey, that Troy Wright kid on San Ignatius is Filipino too." And then like I'm forever thankful to whoever commented that. I still have no idea who it was. Um, after that, I got featured on like a bunch of sites and everything, and coaches started reaching out. Um, and the first coach I talked to was Coach Eric Altamirano at NU. Um, and he started, you know, recruiting me to come out there. I, I definitely considered it. I flew out to the Philippines when I was like 17 and I visited uh, NU, Ateneo and UE. Um, but at the time it just wasn't, you know, my, my heart was here. I played one game and it, it felt like so great, but it just, I knew inside and me and my family, it wasn't the right time yet. So I went and did my four years in the States and my parents always growing up, they emphasize like, you know, just being on a certain path. It was always told to me, like, you're going to get your degree. You're going to get a job. That's where my head was. So I wasn't really even thinking of basketball. But when I got the opportunity and the coaches talked to me about, you know, Gila's 23 for 23, I knew that was something, like, I would regret my whole life if I didn't, yes. you know. That's something I dreamed of when I was a kid, to be honest. Yep. I didn't know much about the PBA or even the UAAP. But wearing, you know, Pilipinas across my chest, um, I joked with Gabe when I came out here for the first time, I had a Gabe Norwood jersey when I was in high school, yeah. like a, a Gila's wow. jersey. So yeah, I always got about that. <laughs> I, I always, I always dreamed about that. So, you know, I think they literally did. They sent me a picture of the, of my jersey and I was like, oh, I, I have to go. So I packed my bag for one week and I flew out here and I enjoyed myself so much. And even since then, I've been taking it, you know, of one month, one year at a time. But I just, I just felt at home. I felt that reconnection. So, till now, I've, I've stuck with it, and I'm so happy I did. 
All right. Um, sorry about that. Got a bit of technical trouble. So it's good that you know you the what they're driving force is really all about uh, representing the country in the Gilas program, and we do have one of the mainstays in Gilas right here. So what about you, Gabe? So unlike Mike and Troy, you didn't pursue collegiate basketball here in the country. Instead, you finished you know, your years in the U.S. in George Mason University before traveling here to you know, sign up immediately for the PBA draft. So what was the thought process there? Um, it was actually just a, a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I touched on in high school, kind of had the, the idea of coming out here and playing, um, put into my head as a sophomore. But, you know, much like Troy, I, I was around Division One athletics my whole life. You know, my dad started coaching when I was five. So that was always kind of my my focus and my mindset. And, you know, I was lucky enough, got a scholarship to George Mason University. And my junior year, we end up going to the final four. And every year at the final four, the huge coaches convention, all the coaches from all over the world come in, they have coaches clinics and all this stuff. And it just so happened that there was a group of Filipino coaches there. Um, I can't remember if they saw my mom or my Lola that was there for the game and, you know, that approached them and was like, Hey, do you have, is, what are you doing here? Are you Filipino? Like, do you have a kid playing? Is your son, whatever. And they pointed me out. Um, you know, I think we end up losing in the final four that year. But at the same time, I got an email inviting me with a, a group called Athletes in Action Sports Ministry Group. And I had the option of two kind of tours. I could go to the Philippines or the other one was like Brazil or something. And it was a no brainer for me. I, I wanted to get out. Um, I wanted to come to the Philippines and, and know more grew up all around my Filipino side until we left Hawaii. So like much like Troy and I'm sure Mike, you know, it was an opportunity to reconnect and basically came out. Um, we played, it was all division one players. We played Ateneo, FEU, uh, UP. Um, who else did we play? Yeah, we, we went out. It was, it was back in the day. It was like Marvin Cruz and oh, shit. Uh, Woody Coe, that, that, that group, young, a young Woody Coe. But um, yeah, it, it was one of those things that it, it really put things in motion that following year, my senior year, we lose in our conference championship game. And the next weekend, I'm on a flight to LA trying out with the national team um, in LA. And I think the rest is kind of history from there. Well, yeah, that's uh, um, another solid, uh, Part. Any questions? Uh, sorry. Okay. So I'm asking. Uh, thank you for that, Gabe. Asking Mike. Going back to Mike. Um. Uh, you were part of uh, one of the best UAAP dynasties. Uh, and one of the guys that that felt that was this guy, my dad, uh, wants to say hi. <laughs> so sorry. It's an honor, Coach AJ. Coach Alan in the house. No career because of one thing. Sorry, I'm He said he stopped Sorry, coaching coach. because of Mike and Gabe. So, <laughs> so no, uh, I just wanna, I just wanna ask, I just wanna ask, uh, Mike, uh, being, uh, being, what does it feel like to be in in one of the best dynasties? In the in the country, you know, Lasalle and Atenei are one of the, the biggest basketball teams in the country, and you were part of that. You were part of one of the best dynasties that up to today is still hard to beat. Um, 
I think for me, those one, those were probably my favorite days. You know, being in the Philippines was playing with the 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 those guys and the Green Archers. Man, it's just like you said, man. We had a great team every year that I was there. But the best thing about it was everybody on that team. Um, we knew how to compete, and we understood, and we all bought in on, on that. We win, we we win our games in practice, and it's about practicing and being, you know, practicing as hard as we can against each other to make each other better. And at, I mean, you, you guys probably remember watching me, Ren Ren, Matt Cardona, Definitely. Joseph Yo, Definitely. but it was the guys behind the scenes that really got us ready. You know what I mean? It was guys that we were going against in practice that started that culture, like Mon Jose, um, before him, Mark Talon, before them, Alvin Castro. You know, these guys that didn't make it big in the UAP or in the in the PBA, it was these guys that really set the tone for us in practice and and you know made us practice hard as hard as hard hard as hell. And Coach France too. You know, we we pressed every day in practice. And going against guys, guys like that every day, you know, chasing Renneran around every day, playing against Mon every day, who was a mythical five defensive member all throughout his career. You know, these guys were, are going to push you and they're just going to make you better so that in the games, it just, it was a lot easier. And, <clears throat> you know, that's a test to the program that coach Franz was running at that time. And he, I think he ch kind of changed the game and, and, Teams had to play catch up to to him, and um, those those four years that I had in LaSalle, man, I you know I wouldn't change it for anything. It, it kind of, you know, it helped me. My first year, my residency year was 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 the best thing for me because I had to get used to the physicality of the game and and you know getting used to um, Philippine basketball basically because it's back then it's totally different. Um, it was very physical. Um, a lot of magulang, um, little yeah, holds yeah. here, little swipes here, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, mental play, you know, there's, but that, that whole one year residency where I couldn't play in the UAP, but I can play in the Father Martin's Cup. I can play in the Jones, I mean, not in the Jones Cup, but in the, the friendship games, you know, just playing in those little leagues really helped me and gave me confidence, you know, leading up to my, my first UAP season, um, but it was just those battles in practice that I really remember against Dino Aldeguer, against Matt Kuan. You know, these are guys that you don't really hear about, but these are the guys that, you know, were behind the scenes and that were pushing each other and pushing and really making that, that um, engine of Coach Francis' system go. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... If I can ask Mike... Um... How was the energy of the Ateneo LaSalle rivalry during your time? Because I, oh, if, man, you, you know, it. looking back at that, at the rivalry of Ateneo LaSalle, I, I could say that your era versus Larry Fonacher versus the Enrico Villanueva and LA Tenorio, I think it was the peak of the Ateneo LaSalle rivalry. So how was that energy like compared to, for example, your games in the U.S. or even your games in the PBA? Oh, there's nothing like it. I mean, that's how they recruited me. They were telling me, you know, we have a North Carolina Duke in the Philippines, which is Ateneo versus LaSalle. 
And I was just, you know, when they tell me that, I'm just thinking like, man, yeah, right. You guys don't know what you're talking about, right? Because <laughs> you see, I mean, I see it during the, during, on TV, on ESPN, watching Duke versus North Carolina. These dudes, you know, you got the Dukies who are like doing this to you in the stands, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you guys don't have to, you guys know what you're talking about. But then when I got to the, to the Philippines and I went to my first Atalanta LaSalle game, this, I'm not even playing yeah, I'm on the sidelines, you know, taking stats. And so it was crazy. You know, standing room only, like literally. And, you know, just that on just on the on campus, the you know, the week leading up to it, it was, you know, it's, it's it gets live. You have all these pep rallies about it. And I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, I, I mean, they played D1 and he went to George Mason and he played in the NCAA tournament. So maybe he can. Um, kind of have that same experience, but playing in that first Ateneo LaSalle game, I I could literally say I you know I could feel the floor like you know kind of moving, kind of jumping, just from the all the bands and and the people that are that are screaming, and it's crazy because you have one side that's all blue and then the other side that's all green, and that's what's kind of you know kind of dope about it. It's something you miss when you get to the PBA. You don't really have fans that come out like that and watch you guys and watch us like that. So um, it's an experience definitely that everyone that I think everyone should, you know, try to get it, try to um, experience. And I don't know how it is now, but because back then you didn't have any phones where you can just be, you know, during a timeout, you're like, yeah, on your phone. Back then, timeouts, you were screaming at the other team or screaming at the ref or, you know what I mean? Guys, were, if, if Ateneo was behind our bench, they're screaming at us, talking trash to us. So, yeah. <laughs> definitely if, a different If, if I could just be honest here, uh, Mike, I think I learned my first curse word watching you guys play. <laughs> making sure, making sure Mapandona misses his free throws, that kind of, thing, that kind of deal. Yeah, <laughs> And I mean, we weren't, we were not friends off the court either. I mean, it, it wasn't like how it is now where, you know, you got, you know, dudes liking each other's pictures. I, I mean, I could just see, I could just see, you know, Mac commenting on Wesley Gonzalez's picture back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, crazy, crazy times indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm, I'm times, sure. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it, it was one heck of a, a time for you, Mike. Um, Troy, you played in the UAP, and I'm sure you went up to that against Ateneo and Lasalle. And I think you have a pretty much a good idea about how the Ateneo Lasalle rivalry uh, pans out. And I think we gotta have a, a whole episode about this Ateneo Lasalle uh, thing, guys. Yes, uh, we one but Troy, I just want to ask you, man, um, there was a lot of hype going uh, into your entry into the UAP. Heck, they even got a residency rule named after you, the Troy Wright rule. And although your lone year in the UAP um, didn't really materialize into a Final Four appearance for the Bulldogs, you played, um, you played well. And uh, just describe to the viewers how your UAP journey was. Um. It was pretty crazy. I mean, the first thing I want to say is Mike mentioned they didn't have phones back when the UAP. I wish there weren't phones when I was in the UAP. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, I had to look up how to disable Twitter mentions, man. That, that was crazy. Cause you know, even, I mean, I got a little bit when I was playing in the U S you know, once in a while, someone would tweet you like, 
I can't believe you missed this or you ruined the money line or something like that. But man, that was my first thing in the Philippines. They're vicious on Twitter out here. But uh, besides that, it was, it was, it was fun, man. You know, like we didn't, we didn't, we were far from a LaSalle dynasty. We did not have that much success. Like you said, we didn't have a final four, but I'm, I'm all about like experiences and stuff. And, you know, when I visited in high school, I thought I was going to have to choose between like my U S dreams and like my Filipino dreams. So like when I turned, uh, not turned, when I, when I decided not to go to school in the Philippines, I thought it was over. So even though it wasn't like, you know, the dream season, I'm sure everyone was imagining, it was cool for me to just experience it. And, and like Mike said, it it's real. It's real that the environment out here, the crowd, um, I wasn't, I didn't play in the final four, um, and wasn't, you know, as big of a player as Gabe was in the U.S., but I still got to experience some some pretty big crowds. We did get to play at Duke a couple of times, and out here, it, it, it's, it rivals it. It's the same kind of thing. You got the drums, you got the crowd going. So, um, I don't know. I just, I, I really had fun. You know, there was a lot of things, like, knowing what I know now, obviously, I wish I could change a ton, but I'll always be thankful that I got to play in the UAP and got to experience that, and also to, like, all the great people I met at NU, it was like, it, it really was a great experience. And it was a good way for me to get like acclimated to the, to the culture out here too. All right. I, I knew the rivalry, I knew the rivalry was real when I, I've been out here for almost 15 years and I've only gotten tickets once to an Ateneo LaSalle game. Come on, yeah, hey, come was. on. My wife went to U, but hey, just to let you guys know, my wife did go to UP, so I, I'm, I'm, Ooh, I'm a borderline yeah. UP alone. <laughs> We're wishing that marriage, you I'm, I'm, station anymore and went straight to UP, man. <laughs> Maybe you would have met her there. Right. Go ahead, Mike. I hear you. What's the What's the Troy Wright rule? Oh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's um even if you're. Uh, done with college and you want to pursue higher studies in one of the member schools oh, okay. you can play a, a one and done season uh they have that now yeah, they yeah. Have, so yeah. after troy a lot of teams are already uh looking at that option like yeah, LaSalle what do you has, do? You, LaSalle LaSalle has you take up your master right you take up your masters or something like that okay yeah. UP uh, has one, okay. UE has one. So almost every team so actually has a one. And almost every team already has one. And Troy is crazy. Right. It's crazy is now. That, it's really become, yeah. Sorry, go is ahead. Is that what happened with uh, German Gakko? No, German uh, Gakko. No, no. It, I think that's different. Uh, okay. Okay. Hey, Gabe, we might have a couple of years left, man. Take up our master. I know, right? You got eligibility. Eligibility. Because they even started that rule in the states right after I was done. They they have that rule in the states. I was like, man, I could have could have held out a year. <laughs> All right, I'm sure that out well. So actually, um, the point of this episode was to actually try to get Mike and Gabe to play for UP for one year. So we hope you can. <laughs> <finish it. laughs> Let's go. Yeah, you got. You guys have no more room for us, man. You yeah, guys I, was, I don't this right? right here, man. I think I think they're I think they're Jesus. all out of budget. They got the whole Philippines. Over there. <laughs> they got all the. Oh, bro, I think we have all the budget. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, it never it never runs out. Like they would pick up these players. I'm like, okay, they have to be done now. And then they're like, oh, another blue chip prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah come on. So, man, he just crazy. He to just see fell that. into our lap. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Morgan, get all the schools' uh, budgets to get all these players, man, so that all, all the other schools couldn't recruit the good ones. All right. uh, if I may, I'd like to ask Troy uh, an additional question. Uh, does July 2, 2018 ring a bell to you, Troy? Um, it, it doesn't, but like the date, I think I know what you're mentioning, yeah. Okay, I, I can see it, it now. You do. Uh, we're talking about yeah. the infamous Gilas Australia brawl in Philippine Arena. Oh. <laughs> so, particularly to you, Troy, because you got the spotlight moment in Philippine basketball was your her- off-court heroics in trying to calm the situation when it was getting heated up. So can you tell us what was going through your mind at that point when everything went down? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it, was, it was just a crazy time. I was even like, I was on the bench and I was joking with the guy next to me. I forgot who it was. I think it might've been like uh, CBC or someone like that, that I was like, uh-oh, fight's coming. Cause people were, were jawing and chipping a little bit. And I mean, you know how it usually is like you see it in the NBA, like people get into each other's faces and then it's like, oh, they got broken up real quick. It's like, you know, no fights were ever really happen. So it, it happened and then it just kept going. And then it was a blur for me, honestly. The, um, I just saw like someone on the ground with a bunch of people around them. And it was just like, kind of like an instinct, I guess, to, to get in front. Uh, I wish I could put it better than that, but I really like, I don't remember the actual moment very well at all. I remember like what led up to it and, and talking to the guys on the bench, but the actual moment, it was just crazy. I literally like, I snapped back in and what happened was I saw, I was the lead picture for the websites it was like filipino player attacks australian and it had me right there so i was just thinking like i really honestly like this sounds like the most like humble brag ever like oh man you know this is just what i do but i really like didn't even realize i had done anything i just want i just asked like some some people who helped me out in the philippines i was like yo can you at least tell them like to take this down um yeah this makes me look really bad like it's, it's not fair so I ended up tweeting just because it didn't get taken down. So I just tweeted just to get it taken down, hopefully. And then it, it kind of turned into like this big thing, which is, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy looking back now. It's funny. I think I was seeing like Facebook memories or something. And it was, it was a bunch of like celebrities and stuff like tweeting it or whatever. And at the time, I had no idea who anyone was. So now I look back now and I saw these names. I was like, oh, she tweeted at me? Wait a minute. I didn't remember that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have responded to that one. That been, uh, but no, it was just like, yeah, it was crazy because I'd been here for literally, I think, like a month. So yeah, I didn't remember the moment. It was such a whirlwind and I had no idea what was going on. So looking back now, now that I like understand the Philippines and like everything that happened, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to look back on. Well, we actually have one more player here that was actually there. We actually, I, I want to ask Gabe, um, what are your thoughts on, on that brawl? I mean, I think Troy touched on it. I think there was a lot of buildup to the whole scenario. Um, you know, we've all competed at a high level and, and things usually don't boil over. But uh, it was just one of those moments. You know, it didn't help that we weren't playing well personally either. You know, I, I think it was probably a lot of frustrations mounting up. But it, it was it was just unfortunate through and through, to be honest. Like my, my parents had just flown in that morning, like 
oh, tip for the game. Uh, so that was going through my mind. But even talking to my dad after the game, he was like, he didn't know any of the backstory. You know, we had gotten into it in Australia a little bit when we played them months before, you know, the stuff that happened before the game and things like that. But even my dad was like, I could tell something was going to happen. Like it was in the air uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, my, my biggest memory is, is trying to hold back Luke Longley from running and getting his guy who, who was on the ground. I wasn't doing much. I wasn't going to stop Luke Longley. I, I think I said, please, in, in the middle of it, uh, please stop running. I'll take care of it. I think it was one of those, but it, it was just a wild scenario. And, you know, luckily we can look back and laugh a little bit. And, you know, I think time heals all wounds and we, we can move forward. If I can ask uh, Gabe, what was it like playing a three on three people on one side three, versus five? You with Junmar and Basar Amir, just to wrap up that game. Yeah, it was it was a weird situation. I don't think, you know, I've been playing basketball since I was five, and I've never been in that scenario. Um, you know, three on five, you know, unless some guys didn't show up and they were late for a game or something. But you know, just talking to the other team on the court, everybody's just trying to make sure we get off the court safely, and you know what I mean. The game was pretty much done anyway, so you know, we just try to play as hard as you can for however long you can before somebody else fouls out and, and you call it a night. But, you know, it, it was a wild time. Well, I just want to tell you guys, no? Uh, I was actually at the back of the bench. So I was watching at the back of the bench. So if you guys were playing three, well, you could have actually added me and Troy there. I was ready, you know? I was just at the back of the bench. So Juanito, if you were there, the brawl will happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell you guys, it could have been me and Troy and the other three guys. So Yeah, I, I think I'll speak for both of us. I think he looked at me and you and he said, uh, I think we'll be better off with neither of you yeah. on the floor. I think we'll take our chances with three. <laughs> so yeah, so if Troy and Gabe got to play it cool during the brawl, would it be the same for you, Mike, if you were on the floor? That's hard. That's a that's a hard situation. I mean, I'm never. I was. I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. So I'll probably just be next to Gabe. We would have had four. I would have been next to Gabe because those dudes are pretty big. <laughs> the cool cat. I'd be happy as a six man. I'd be happy as a six man. Troy can be the fifth. <laughs> I think. I'd, yeah, I'd be seventh in that situation still. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Mike, um, in your pro career, you continued um, your winning ways. You got drafted first overall by Alaska, and then you win, you won championships, uh, three PBA championships uh, to be exact. What is your recipe for success in such a great career? Experience. Experience for me. You got to go through a bunch of stuff, man, to, to get success. I mean, I went through two ACL injuries, a couple of MCL injuries, you know, a back injury sciatic nerve injury, all the kind of injuries. And um, each and every one is going to teach me something about, you know, being humble, um, number one, um, take, not taking, you know, waking up every day for granted, um, how to take care of your body better as far as nutrition, as far as stretching every day, you know, getting proper rest. A lot of stuff goes into it. And um, those, all that stuff teaches me 
you know, not about just success, it's just about longevity. Um, to have all those injuries and to be able to play 16 years, you know, and and literally till the wheels fell off, man. So um, the playing for that many years, you know, I get to have so many relationships with people, you know, with coaches and, and players alike. And um, so I can never, I can never take any of those, any of those um, things back and, you know, winning championships together and, you know, just building that camaraderie with each other. Um, I also played for the Gilox team back in 2000 and uh, I think 2007, we had a, we had a tournament in Las Vegas, you know, that was one of the, one of the things I also played for the Jones cup with, when Chot Reyes was the coach. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think I did everything that I wanted to do as far as um, basketball wise, that's winning a championship, representing my country. And now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pave the way for my kids to do the same thing, you know, try to be successful in life you know, through basketball and, and cause you know, basketball, I think you guys will agree with me that basketball teaches you life lessons, you know what I mean? And Definitely. discipline, time management, all kinds of stuff that you can take away from, from basketball and sports in general. So I try to, I'm trying to do, do that for my kids now um, with all this pandemic stuff going on and, and, you know, quarantines here, you know, I mean, I, I was positive about a month ago. And yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was tough, you know what I mean? Especially in the Philippines where, you know, you can't get free testing. Um, yeah. you, you know, you really can't, you don't have the resources that you have here in, in America. You know, it's just basically quarantine and wait for it to go away. And, you know, having, having two boys, you're trying to keep them healthy and yourself healthy and your family healthy, you know, it was tough. And so, um, Basketball, of course, taught me, you know, that discipline on, you know, how to, you know, just ride the way, ride the way, you know, and, and get through it. And that's what we did. And, and we're, we're here in, we're here in America now. And <clears throat> now we can go out and be free. <laughs> <laughs> the land of the free. We've got a social distance, man. <laughs> Glad to know you guys are safe and sound over there, especially your kids and Excited to see your kids don the Gilas jerseys uh, in the next decade or so. How old are your kids, by the way? <laughs> uh, I got an 18, so you can guess my age, uh, and a 14. <laughs> oh, no, not, not the next decades, maybe the next few years. Right around the corner. So since we're talking about Gilas, so uh, Gabe, you have been a, a national team mainstay for over a decade now. So I, I, we did a research. You've been part of the Gilas team. It wasn't even called Gilas then, since 2007. Yeah. <laughs> so could you just give us your thoughts about, and your motivations as well, about representing the country in all of these tournaments? Yeah. I mean, it's it's no hesitation for me, man. Um, you know, just being able to come over since 07 or 06, when I came up, over in college and, and really getting an understanding that of the sacrifices that were made for me um, without me in mind, like without, you know, my, myself, my brothers in mind, the sacrifices, the sacrifices that had to be made to, to provide a, a better life. 
um, a better opportunity to, to succeed and to still give be, be able to come back and give back. Um, anytime my name is called, I, I'll play. Uh, I'll go out there and represent the country to the best of my ability. And it, it's nothing like it. You know, even just a, strictly from a basketball standpoint, like who wouldn't want to compete? Like who, you know, I, I think people can say what they want about me as a player and, and how I play the game. But at the end of the day, I just like to, to compete, man. I like to go out and see if my team is better than your team. My country is better than your country. You know what I mean? It, it, it is what it is. So uh, it, it's a, every team has been different. Every experience has been different. You know, I've been the highest of the highs for the country and the lowest of lows uh, probably in these last last 12, 13 years. So I'm excited for the future of it, you know, for Troy and his group coming in um, 2023, right around the corner, uh, you know, the young talent in the country is everywhere. Mike's, Mike's kids included, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's fun to see the progression and where the game is going. So you did talk about your highs and I think your biggest moment in the Gilas program may be competing in the 2014 FIBA World Cup. Yeah. So we may not have advanced through the higher stages of that tournament, but I think you guys reinstated the country as a basketball powerhouse here in Asia. So, you know, we got to just say thank you. Thank you guys for that, that work. So I guess a personal consolation prize for you was that, you know, world famous slam dunk on Luis Cola. So, you know, could you give us your thoughts about having that international level highlight towards an NBA player? It, it was a, it was a perfect scenario. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a two foot jumper. I'm a two foot dunker and Jason dropped the pass off. Perfect. You know, the fastest guy on the court, it, it helps to run the floor when you have that guy on, on your team. And, you know, it was just one of those scenarios. I think I was 26, 27, a little bit more athletic there. Uh, so I just, just went for it. But to be honest, the, the dunk in the second half, I think is still better for me. Uh, the left-handed, Should have been an and one. Yep. Uh, actually, actually like that dunk. I love that dunk. The left hand. Yeah. After the game, I, I had a message from my brother. He thought I was I was on steroids. He thought I was doing. He thought I was juicing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dunk because I jumped off one foot and I dunked it left-handed. So Man. It, it was two things I don't do often. But you know that stage that wild things will come out when when you're put in that scenario and you know you really have to step up and and kind of challenge yourself. To, to perform well. Well, we want to go to Troy. Thanks for that. Uh, Troy, how about you? Um, we, we, you haven't enlisted for the PBA draft and you're going through this three-on-three. Uh, three. Um, have you found a home in the, in the uprising three-on-three three in the country or are you, are you training here to, to, to get your stocks higher in the upcoming drafts? Um, well, I'm definitely like, the draft stock played zero percent of the decision and uh, in, in my thing, you know, I just, I went to three X three because at the time I had to, you know what I mean? You have that year where you have to do the D league. So I kind of had a year where you're only doing D league and, and a lot of teams, they don't even really practice five times a week. So coach Eric, you know, like the, the guy who I connected with first in the Philippines uh, asked me if I'd be interested in playing three X three and I had no idea what it was. I just decided to get involved. Um, and I ended up enjoying it so much. We got to travel. We got to represent the country. Got to, I feel like I really improved as a basketball player too, because it's such a different style of play. It forced me to do things that like I never was doing in five on five. 
Um, and it really, when it came down to the, to the PBA draft, I just was enjoying 3x3 so much. And I felt like we had unfinished business with uh, Olympic qualifying and also just establishing ourselves on the world tour. Um, I feel like I've been pretty consistent ever since, even before I came to the Philippines, like my number one priority will always be the flag. Like that's just what it is. So even if I could contribute, you know, 1% to helping us get to that Olympic qualifying to, to the Olympics, that just had to be my priority. So, um, yeah, I just, I just stuck with three X three. I'm really enjoying it. We got this upcoming bubble. Um, we'll see what happens with the PBA. Um, I know they have that rule or whatever it is. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, wherever my journey takes me, uh, I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just enjoying basketball. And like I said, I, I take it one month, one year at a time. And for me right now, like three X three is where I'm at and I'm happy to be here. So talking about 3x3, you guys are entering the bubble. Um, how's it? How's how's that going? How's it? It's good. Uh, I've been joking with uh, some of the other guys that I have home court advantage because we are at NU, NU Laguna, yeah. but still NU. Um, but it's exciting. It's cool. Uh, maybe it's a little lame to say, but like I feel like I'm, you know, like a mini NBA bubble. It's cool to like, I don't know, be like your idols in a sense. Um, so I'm excited for that. It'll be tough being away from like, you know, my family and, and kind of like you talk about roots, the, the roots I have here in the Philippines. Now I'm going to be isolated. I'm sure Gabe can talk about that a little bit too. Um, it's definitely going to be a struggle, but I'm just so thankful to be playing basketball again. Like I, I really missed it. And we've been training for 10 months now, like straight. We really got started in January preparing ourselves specifically for 3x3. Um, so to hopefully see all that work paying off and, and get to show our skills and what we've worked on, I'm really excited to do that. All right. Um, you know, real quick, we just have a comment here from uh, one of our viewers. Rico Boat says, Mike D'Antoni for Gila's coach. What do you guys have to say about that? <laughs> Gabe, maybe we'll start with you. Matt. I mean, I guess he, he's, a, he's, he's open right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have a city. You, know, you can play center, but... Gabe. You can play center if uh, Mike D'Antoni <laughs> is uh, the coach. Uh, I got to put some weight on if I want to be P.J. Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, like the whole process, I, I, it, it's always unique, you know, whether it's the, the players or the coaches or anything. Each, each team is special. So whoever comes in, it's going to be – you know, uh, uh, interesting situation to see how everybody adjusts and, and gets on board and supports. Right. Mike, would you like to chime in a bit on that? On D'Antoni? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any, I mean, any basketball mind that's played that has been in the NBA level could help. I mean, any, any. Uh, we ha I think we have the talent to get there. We just got to all put it together somehow. It's just chemistry, man. I think um, finding the right time, time, and you got. I think for me, you you got to put these guys together for a while, and you know, get them used. I mean, used to playing with each other and finding more stuff about each other, and not just throwing each other together after two weeks, and then trying to get you the guys to play at a high level. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough That's for anybody. Cool. 
I mean, look at the what 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 USA's team was that when they just threw a bunch of guys together and then they end up winning bronze. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think even this like, last World Cup. Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, what was that like with AI and and Jermaine O'Neal yeah. and those guys, right? Yeah. You look at their roster. You look at the paper. Those guys should should kill any anything that walks onto the court against them. But you got you got guys like in Europe playing with each other for years and years and years, growing up with each other, playing for club teams together and all that stuff. So, I mean, that makes a big difference to me. Um, all right. But, <laughs> all right. So if, if Mike D'Antoni does indeed become Gila's head coach, he first heard it here on SROPH. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, would you like to add something on that, man? Just real quick. Yeah, I mean, if, if he comes in, I'm willing to take on that James Harden role and just ISO <laughs> at, the, at the top of the key. I really think that's what Gilas is missing. They just need me ISOing. I think we'd be okay. Um, no, but I mean, all jokes aside, those guys said it. Like, um, I don't have as much experience as them. I know they've both played on the international stage. But, you know, even in just the, the little bit I've had, like, talent is not the issue at all. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not the coach's fault. It's not anyone in particular's fault. But you know, sometimes I see these comments and stuff and they're just like, oh, we're just not tall enough. It's like, do you, do you see what our roster looks like now? Like it, it's, Oops. it's never, it's not, it's not an issue of talent. Um, especially with, I think there's a lot of like talented young guys coming up, even, you know, way younger than me. Um, so I, I think there's, there's a bright future for Filipino basketball. So whoever takes over, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. All right. So speaking of Mike D'Antoni, we're glad to have the PBA bubble restarted today. So let's talk about the NBA real quick. So we've all been treated to an amazing series so far between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Just real quick, for our viewers, what are your personal takes for the big Game 6 tomorrow? Let's start with Gabe. Man, I feel like, you know, hopefully AD is 100%. Um... It'd be wild if Dragic is out there. If he if he steps out there, I don't know, you know, just in terms of his inspiration for Miami and, and kind of playing that that angle to it. I have the Lakers winning at the end. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or if it's going to go to seven. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a little bit more neutral. I, I know the the other two guys talking have their their own picks, but I'm just in for good basketball. I, I have no connection. All right. Next, I'd like to turn to Mike, who's actually live from LA right now. So let's hear. Who do you, who do you have for Game Six? <laughs> I don't Me? think you should have even ha- asked that question, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, of course, uh, of course, I've been a Laker fan ever since. You know what I mean? Growing up in LA, watching Lake Show, watching, you know what I mean? Um, watching, listening to Chick Hearn and all that, and. But, you know, I'm kind of torn in between. We got, you know, Eric Spoh, Filipino representing the Philippines on the other side. And, I, you know, I love their, I love the way they, their culture. Um, yeah. You know, we got a bunch of guys who are undrafted, who drafted late, late, late in the, in the, in the, in the, in the draft pick that are really showing what they can do. Um, I really love how Tyler Hero and, and Duncan play. I love how they play with each other. And they had, you know, every day can be somebody that's going to kill you. Like, I think Duncan in game five had, what, seven threes, eight threes? And um, the game before, it was Hero, you know, 
didn't do anything the whole game and had a had a nice little run in the last four minutes. But um, I think for this, it's going to be um, where experience takes over. And I think experience-wise, I think LeBron being being in so many finals experiences, and I think he's going to try he's going to carry the team. I mean, that's that's why in a series you you build a, a nice little three-one gap. So you have games where you can, you know, the ball is going to bounce more times to the other team, like in game six. I mean, if Jimmy Butler can put up another game like that, like he did in game four and game, what was it, game three? I mean, game three? Yeah, four? Three and five. Three, yeah. Three, three and five. five, where he had, like, incredible, incredible games, and they barely won. He's going to need another triumphant game, like, I mean, another big game like that. It's, it's I mean, there's nothing that LA can do about that. They threw everybody at them. They threw everybody anything you can anything you can think of, and it was still just one possession game. And so um, you've seen these guys, you know, after the game, Jimmy Butler limp, literally limping off court, um, AD lit, literally limping off the court. So these guys are definitely leaving it out there. And uh, for the for the most part, I thought it was just going to be you know a, a walking apart for the Lakers, and they. Yeah. With these past games that Miami's done, you know, they showed me that, you know, these guys are not like what LeBron said in his in his one of his interviews that this team is a really, really great coach team. And I mean, he was coached by Eric Spo back in back when he was in Miami. And so he understands the culture just so he understands what he's going through. And I bet he's going to he's going to have these guys ready to play today. And I'm going to have my Corona ready. <laughs> I want a beer. Right. I want a beer. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Beer, beer. Right. Corona beer. All right. How about you, Troy? Your thoughts on the big game six tomorrow? Yeah. Um. I mean, Gabe Gabe hinted a little bit about where my allegiance is, and 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 Mike <laughs> kind of touched on my guy real quick. Um. I I, I kind of have to hijack the podcast real quick just to talk about Duncan Robinson. Like, what oh. an inspiration he is. Like. I, I see people tweet about it, like, oh, he came from D3 and then he went to Michigan. But I don't think people, like, really realize what kind of a journey that was and, like, how that never happens. It never, ever happens. Um, and just to see him having the success he's having, because even if you asked him, I mean, it was on Twitter. He was he was texting, he was networking with people a year and a half, year and a half ago trying to get a job. So now he's going against LeBron in the final and score, finals and scoring almost 30 points. So I, I just love to see that. I love to see Hero. Um, I, I'm I gotta go against my team a little bit though. I mean, I've the whole time I feel like the Lakers. I don't. I think it might be the next game for them. I think they'll probably take it home. Just seeing LeBron and AD out there is literally like a cheat code. You see them and, and you're watching an NBA game, the top talents in the world, and you look at those two guys and you like and you look, oh come on now, that's not fair. Um, so. I got to go with the Lakers, but as long as uh, Duncan Robinson gets his points, knocks a couple threes down, uh, I'll be happy to give the Lake, uh, Lakers the championship, especially because the Warriors are coming back next season. So to get their one year, you know, the Warriors decided to kind of take it easy, relax for a year, and then we're right back to it. <laughs> it didn't make, make Luis super happy. I don't, I don't use the biggest Warriors fan here. Uh, my allegiance lies with Steve Nash. So I'm a Brooklyn fan now. My allegiance lies with Steve Nash. Interesting. All right. So I do want to ask all three of you just for uh, for the viewers and maybe the future 
Guys, coming in, what was the biggest challenge uh, coming from the States to the Philippines uh, for, from your own perspective? Um, maybe I'll ask uh, Mike first. What was the question again? Uh, the biggest challenge from from the States to the Philippines. <clears throat> biggest challenge for me was being away from family. Um, we didn't have FaceTime back then. It was literally walk to the to the library, wait a couple minutes to dial in. We have the dial-up internet, send an email, uh, and then wait maybe a couple hours before you get a reply. And it was something like $20 a, $20 a, uh, no wait, $10 a minute to call on yeah. my phone. Yeah. So definitely being away from family. Um, so that was, and, Learning the learning the language, it was fun, but it was tough because you know you got guys laughing at you all the time, and I didn't understand a word of Tagalog when I got to the Philippines. I didn't speak a word of Tagalog. All my family are Ilocano, so that's why I kind of talk loud because Ilocanos are loud. And so, um, <laughs> but good thing for me, we had a bunch of Philams on our team, and everybody spoke English. Kind of broke English, but it was English. Um, so we were almost teaching each other uh, and taking pedicabs and tricycles and riding taxis, you know, talking to the drivers. Um, that was also a way for me to learn Tagalog. And I just had to, I just had to get my, my tenses right, like past and present and future. So once I got that right and I got, and I got um, over the fact that I'm, it, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be good to start. I just had to go out and do it. And over the years I've gotten better. So family and getting over that, that uh, learning, learning the local language, the two things. Right, right. Uh, definitely it's hard being away from family and I wouldn't know the feeling because my dad is still here. And <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> definitely not away from family. Um, how about you, Troy? Um, I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people have said it, like the physicality, the culture, being away. But like, I don't know if there's any young Philams watching here, I would just say like, prepare like mentally. It's it, Mentally, I think is the biggest challenge for a lot of people. Like for me, I'm sure you guys know, even being here, like your senior year or your last year is where you're at your most comfortable you know, right, where like the restaurant is, you know, where your friends are going to be on this night and everything. So my transition was so quick. I literally like, you know, uh, I think it was like a month before the the Gilas Australia thing. I was like, I was drinking beers with my friends, like at the football field at our college. And you switch so quick to, to something so new that I think people, I, I know all the Philams like coming over here, they're going to put in the work. They're going to, they're going to get ready. They're going to lift. They're going to train. They're going to shoot. But the mentality is even more important putting yourself in that in that pro mentality because even college out here it's basically the pros you know what i mean you that's that's how it's treated so you have to have that mindset and and just be ready to to adapt to everything so that was the hardest thing for me just just the change from college and being being treated as a pro basically and adjusting to a whole new culture definitely uh we all know you're you just finished college from Wake Forest and then you transferred right away. So definitely that was hard for you. 
Um, how about you, Gabe? Um, I think, you know, Mike and, and Troy touched on a lot that I was going to say as well, but I think just a word of advice, I think it'd be big to, to really humble yourself before you get humbled. I, I think if you, you kind of come out here and, and aren't humble in a sense of, you know, naturally you have the edge, right? You want to, you want to keep that edge, that competitive edge and, and, and everything, but at the end of the day, we're all hooping in the same league, whether it's the PBA or, or UAP, NCAA, PBL before, you know, G League, whatever it is, we're, we're here in the same place. Our, our paths got here the different ways, but we're in the same spot. So you're no better than anybody, but at the same time, you can't walk into a situation and think these guys are better than me as well. You, you got to keep your edge but it's a lot easier to get through something if you come in humble rather than a situation humbling you and getting kind of overwhelmed by it. Cause I think that's when a lot of guys go home or they leave or they, they kind of pack it in, they get overwhelmed and they get humbled quick. But, you know, I think a lot of that happens when you meet guys, you know, like Mike, Mike, Jimmy, Harvey, um, you know, the, the whole group of kind of the older Phil group that kind of looked out and, and then now I'm, I feel like I'm kind of stepping up into that role with guys like Troy and kind of the youth movement now. So, you know, it, it's a blessing to have them, you know, Mike, even going back, I'll touch on this real quick. I was present. I think the second time you tore your ACL, Mike, I, I think we were supposed to go out. It was your birthday, right? Was it your birthday uh, or like, no, 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 it was no, like no. the same day, same day, two years same in a day. row or something. It was something crazy. And I remember, um, I was there and watching like Mike come back at it like every year, right back at it. You know what I mean? And I know it took a lot mentally, but I think he approached it humble. You know what I mean? Like he, he attacked it and you know, that was really inspiring as a, just as an athlete. So I just wanted to let Mike know that, you know, you gotta let, let people know sometimes. So appreciate you for that, Mike. Welcome. So anytime <laughs> you, anytime. <laughs> I mean, God forbid you got any of you guys tear ACL. I got you. I can take you to the rehab. <laughs> you got the whole process there. My eyes closed. With my eyes closed. Oh, but yeah, my. just to touch on what Gabe said, man, like, you know, back in my time, we didn't really have people to reach out to, you know, like, like the guys do now. So I could literally just send my kid to the Philippines and I'll have a network of guys that'll take care of them. I didn't have that growing up. I mean, during my time. So um, any, any Philams out there watching, you know, that, that parents or, you know, kids that, that inspire to come to the Philippines and, and pursue the dream of playing in the PBA or playing for Gila, there's always people out there that are going to watch out for you. Um, you could just make a phone call and, and, you know, we can set you guys up if anything, you know, cause like Gabe said, we've seen a lot of guys go home because of homesickness, because they're just you know, culturally shocked or whatever it may be. Um, but now we, we, we have a bunch of Philams and a bunch of locals, actually. You'll be surprised. There's a bunch yeah. of locals that are, you know, yeah. take you under their wing and, and show you around and help you feel. I mean, that's, you know, that's the Philippine culture. That's the Philippine way is to really um, be um, that, that host and, to, and yeah. to, no, matter, no matter what, you know what I mean? Like, I had a teammate in, in, in LaSalle who was from the province, you know what I mean? And did, came to LaSalle with, with 
no shoes. And everybody on our team was like, yo, we got to get him some shoes. We got to get him some clothes. We got so, you know, it's just our human nature and especially being Filipino that we're going to, we're going to show some hospitality to them. And that's what <clears throat> we didn't have that big Philam community back when I was coming up, but now it's, you know, we got at least five per team. <laughs> right. Right. So I guess uh, all of you guys have shared what it took for you guys to return to your roots and play basketball here in the Philippines. So from here on out, uh, and also for the fans watching out there, so what's next for your basketball journey? So I think we can start with Troy. Um, what's next for my basketball journey? Uh, to be honest, like, I don't even know. You know, I say, take it take it one month at a time. That's, that's just been my mentality. Um, but I don't know, whatever it takes. I, I'm, I feel like I really have improved in this last year. So that's something I'm really proud of, especially like, taking advantage of that, that quarantine period, which I was, I was lucky enough to be able to do. Um, so I'm just, I'm just going to keep putting it all out there, keep working, improve, and just become the best basketball player I can. That's all I can promise. I don't know what's going to happen with the PBA or even the national team or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to, to hopefully make my family proud, make the fans, the fans proud and everything and just, just become the best player I can be. That's all I, I can control and we'll see where that takes me. All right. So I, I guess aside from winning your next couple of games, Gabe, so what's, what's next for your journey? Yeah. I mean, outside of getting out of this bubble with a championship, um, just hopefully, you know, staying healthy, um, continuing to, to learn more about the game from different kind of the, the vet coach kind of angle, um, hopefully be around the game when I'm done playing and, and really just trying to try to be a better dad, you know, daily, you know, just trying to take the time, especially in this bubble experience, you know, homeschooling, the kids are homeschooled now and things like that. So challenging myself to, to kind of take on a new role in terms of not just, you know, hey, let's go play basketball, but, you know, what's on your mind and, and kind of getting to know my kids even better. Uh, I think that's a weird kind of silver lining in this whole, you know, pandemic and, and quarantine. I've gotten to know my, my three sons and they're only nine, eight and three, but to, to know them on a different level uh, through these last, you know, half a year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that. Right. Nice. Nice. Well, what about you, Mike? man? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> for me, it's just, uh, I just moved back to, well, I haven't moved back, but we're on vacation, extended vacation, I could say. But I, of course, being out here, I want to um, get back and get back in touch with family and friends that I haven't been, haven't seen for such a long time, um, socially distant, but still, <laughs> still, you know, get in touch with some people that out here in LA and hopefully um, I've semi-retired from the PBA. Hopefully, I'll be back next uh, couple of years from now, or a year from now, when when all, when they come out with a vaccine and they get all this Corona stuff in control. Um, but definitely hung my sneakers up playing wise. Um, hopefully, I'll be on the sidelines, you know, trying to share my knowledge and share my experiences with people, uh, with players, and whoever whoever wants to um, talk basketball, you know, talk Philippine basketball, just or basketball in general, and of course, just um, trying to 
raised my two kids, of course, um, two men growing up to be big and grown men, um, hopefully share the, share some good experiences out here in America with them. Um, kind of showed them the other day where I grew up and how much has changed and um, kind of had to give, give paint a picture for them in their mind of how it was for me um, growing up a little bit. So um, good luck to Troy and good luck to Gabe. Hope you guys um, be successful and healthy your upcoming bubbles. Um, and to you, to you guys, man, good luck. See you guys soon. Thank Hopefully you. we get this vaccine and we get, you know, Corona taken care of somehow. Um, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Gabe and Troy, wanna, don't I forget just, to vote, man. Yeah, don't forget yeah. to vote. <laughs> don't forget to vote. Right. Whether it be, unless you're voting for that guy, then don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, don't vote. All the Pelham's uh, watching, don't forget to vote. Mike's right. Yeah, don't, don't forget, forget to vote, vote man. Yeah, don't right. forget to vote. I just want to comment. I just want to comment. Mike, Mike mentioned his kids. Gabe mentioned his kids. I am a fan of all your kids. I do watch your highlights, <laughs> and I did. I did see Gabe's highlights. Uh, kids uh, play um one time, so yeah. uh, I am a fan of your kids, and I do hope the best for them. Uh, I, I've seen Mike's uh, kid play for USD, so uh, uh, I see. I see great potential. I see great potential. So I do hope that they they do make it big. Um, before we do end, I just want to uh, give a shout out to the people who watch. They actually pretty, uh, a lot of guys watch, but to the people who commented, Darrell, uh, Brian, to my women's UP players. Hi, Justin and uh, Jewel, Eliza Grace, Nicolo, Joel, and Rico, um, Eliza Martin. Great episode, guys. Thank you for watching, Eliza Martin. Diego Gutierrez, bro. What's up, bro? Um, Hannah Servida commented the whole homesickness thing, finding a community with other fellams in the team makes them more relatable. So some people get intimidated by them since they're fellam and don't realize they do have struggles as well. And yes, they did They did uh, share a lot and that was the whole point of this uh, episode was to share the stories of the guys that uh, these guys have more stories to tell more than just the basketball court, more than just the highlights. They, they are also our people. And uh, it was a really a humbling experience for us to get them. So, Javi? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Juanito. Um, again, shout outs also to one of our previous guests who's watching, Darish Bideri. Uh, Troy, he's going to be with you also in the 3X uh, bubble. <laughs> and um, Troy, um, your girlfriend Riv is watching and she just commented, go Troy. And Yay. this is a great episode. There we go. <laughs> hey, shout out to Hercules. 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 Appreciate, <laughs> and, uh, appreciate it. Before we really close this episode, I'm sure you guys have uh, people you want to greet. Uh, maybe let's start with Troy. Um, uh, well, Vivian, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate <laughs> you always. <laughs> my girlfriend, my one and only girlfriend, appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> no, but real. Uh, shout out Darwish for sure. It's going to be fun to be there in the bubble. Um, and just everyone, everyone who like supports me, believes in me, if people happen to be watching, uh, I, that means the world to me. You know, you talked about it like 
the struggle of being here and adapting, believe it or not, like it, a lot of it was like fans who were the nicest to me and, and really mm. made me feel at home. Like, you know, birthdays or stuff, they bring, they bring food and cakes for me. And like, they, I don't even know them personally. So that, that means the world to me. So shout out to, to anyone who's ever supported me, my family, uh, my teammates and, and to you guys for having me on. I, I really, I really enjoyed being on, being able to talk to legends like Mike and Gabe and, and learn from their experiences. This was, this was really fun, even just for me. All right, Mike. Uh, first of all, to you guys for bringing me on. Um, it's, it's nice to still be, you know, mentioned and, and to, to hope to be a guest on these podcasts like this and talk basketball. We could go on forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can talk till our ears fall off about basketball, but, um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, shout out to Diego for making it happen. Diego Dario for reaching out to he's me. He's watching. Man. He's watching. Jags, what's up, Jags? Right. Good luck hey, tomorrow, Jags. Hey, pass bedtime, man. Pass his bedtime. Tell him to go to sleep, man. <laughs> 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 nah, but hey, Diego puts a lot of work in, man. He puts. Okay. He works. He works his ass off, and you know, and being that one year with him and having him kind of under my wing and 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 giving them some and working out with him and giving them some pointers on how to on the longevity to stay in the PBA, you know, that was fun. And hopefully, you know, he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, but shout out to him for reaching out and, and um, connecting me with you guys. Um, and for everybody that's watching, uh, come to, uh, slide into my DM. If you have any questions, you know, comments, you know, um, whether it be good or bad, hey, uh, it don't matter. Just reach out to me, you know, say hello, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I can uh, advise is whatever it is, man. Um, to Gabe and to Troy, Troy, nice meeting you, man. First time I got yeah. to talk to you. Nice um, to meet you, man. Been watching you play on three on three with my boy Carl. Um, oh yeah. So look, looking for good big thing. Matt Salem told me a couple things about you. He 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 lived in my building. He was on my team last year, you know, and he he mentioned some stuff about you to me. I was like, who's that six, seven foot guy over there shooting them threes in the three on three, man? Why are you not in the PBA? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt Salem was like, you know, don't worry about him. You don't have to worry about him. <laughs> But yeah, hey, you got big things for you, man, in the three-on-three. Three. Hopefully, you know, leave a mark. And like you said, you got you got goals ahead of you, and you want you want to leave your mark in the three-on-three three for the Philippines. And hey, um, don't don't just get discouraged by what other people are talking about. I know it's just three-on-three, three, but hey, it's still basketball, and you still got to do your thing. You still got to lace them up, just like everybody else. And um, just you know, if you go all in, you got to go all in, bro. <laughs> yeah. leave your heart out there like Jimmy Butler so uh, yeah. and good luck to you Gabe again um, looking you, for man. somebody else in S&B to win something um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you know it might be you guys this time but you know you got a All bunch right. of rookies over there we played against you guys in the, in the semifinals and you guys you know you guys knocked us out but that was a good good battle to go against you guys as, as one of my um, parting parting games um we were able to go battle once again so yeah good luck to you you guys in the rain or shine so all right i guess for for, for me yeah just uh same you know shout out and, and more power to you guys with the 
the podcast. This was fun. Um, thanks also to Diego, you know, not just a great competitor, but just a good dude, um, real good person. So, you know, always had respect from, for Diego since the day I met him. And, you know, no, no accident that we all said yes and, and we got on board. Um, and I guess shout out to, to Kalashau, to Pakistan, where I trace my roots. Um, Davao, where my wife is from. And, and you know, UP, I guess. UP, UP ah, fight one time for us. UP fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I get, might get my followers up. I might have heavy, heavy UP followers now. Uh, I need a I need a Gabe Norwood Photoshop and a UP jersey next to uh, Richie and Kobe. <laughs> Richie, Kobe, and Gabe in the middle. That'd be kind of tough. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, we've, uh, you know, we usually just go like uh, an R for episodes, but, you know, it was such a joy to have you guys on this episode. It was, uh, you know, we didn't even notice the time that we were already up to almost two hours on this episode. But it was just so much fun and you guys just gave so much good um, uh, ideas, stories and insights uh, about your journey from America to here in the Philippines. And on behalf of the whole SROPH team, we're really grateful that you guys accepted our invitation to come on our show. Mike, Troy, and Gabe, thank you so much and good luck on the next stages of your careers and then on your lives. Thank you again for being on this episode for us. And um, before we close, um, don't forget, guys, to follow us on our social media accounts. On Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com slash S-R-O-P-H. And on IG, we are on at S-R-O.P-H. And actually, just recently, we reached the 1,000-point um, mark uh, on Facebook. Thank you so much for the fans who have been us with us on our seven-week journey. We've, we've, we've only been here seven weeks, but it seems like we've been here so long just because of the support <laughs> that you guys have been showing us. So uh, please do also check us out on Spotify. We've been on there recently and um, to catch all our previous episodes. And um, so there, there are still uh, some people um, commenting, but we, we're just really running out of time. And uh, we just hope that you, you continue to patronize our Simple Simple podcast. And uh, on behalf of Mix Peralta, Juanito Gregorio, Luis Boat, this has been Javi Palania. We are the voice of the sixth man from the fifth stands. This is Standing Room Only, PH. Over and out.